Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Turn CookieCast is the football podcast. We're talking football, even though there's no football. And that's not true. There's just no local football. There's still football going on, there's still football to predict. It was all a ruse. I was joking. I just wanted to hook you straight away. Make you think, why am I here if there's no football? Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave us a review where you can leave a review and get the podcast out into the world. Put it into people's hands. Give it to your mail person. Mail person? Mail delivery person. You know what I mean. Give it to the milk delivery person. Ah, whatever. Anyway, let's get cracking. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, yes. Those three words we've all come to love and fear in equal uh, equal measures. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, to your weekly football fix, uh, where just for one week only we decided to not talk about Middlesbrough. There won't be any Middlesbrough talk on the podcast. Middlesbrough don't even exist, in fact. <laughs> what a terrible time. So we're just going to we're just going to dedicate this just this 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 week just to talking about Nottingham Forest at home because they're the only teams that actually you know are worth any time spending on them. Um, obviously, to do that, we have to have the uh, the prerequisite experts. So, uh, welcome into the podcast this week, Mister Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Um, uh, football aside, I'm really good. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll come to that in due course. Um, obviously, that's the Nottingham Forest side of things done. The whole city side of things, obviously, picked up by Stuart Woodmansey. How are we, sir? Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, oddly enough probably the exact polar opposite of you right now, football fans. Mm. Isn't that truly something? And uh, as uh, as as it was last week, he's not having to change teams this week, ladies and gentlemen. He is still. An imp through and through. He is Lincoln City supporting Andrew Cook. How are we, sir? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm glad to not be swapping teams. I quite like being an imp. It's really. Of it's really let, let, let me guess. You probably knackered from uh, your walk up that massive hill towards the cathedral today. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. A little bit of a little, uh, little bit of Lincoln banter there for you. As uh, my brother went to university in Lincoln, so I know a little bit about the uh, the city. Um, uh, not to uh, probably more about the geek scene, I should imagine. Not not to alienate the people of Lincoln too much, but I believe the phrase he actually used for it for the three years he was there was <coughs> shit <laughs> uh, And I think in the entire oh, three years he was there, he told. He sold one gig in the three years he was there because gigs did not, like bands just did not go to Lincoln, surprisingly enough. Um, so, obviously, we, uh, when, we were, uh, when we were podcasting last week, the transfer window was still open. 
teams were still scrabbling around to do business. Um, some of our teams did more business than others. For those, for those listening to the podcast for a while now, you might be able to work out which team did the most business. As it's basically copy and paste for this time 12 months ago. Um, can we get can we get to the fact though where it was like no no we're not going to do that again we're not going to do that again oh the guy who helped us do that last year has just turned up at the ground has he oh my <laughs> god they're everywhere I actually went to the pub with um, previous podcast alumnus James Panas um, last Thursday um, or was it Friday no it must have been Friday because the transfer window shut on Friday so it must have been Friday after work. Um, and we were just having a couple of beers. And then we were watching the Sky Sports News. And it just kept sort of like, just ticking through. Like Forrest had signed one. And then they'd signed another. And then they'd put bids in for this one. And then they'd inquired about this one. And then they'd put a loan offer in for this one. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? It was so hard to follow. So we'll start with Forrest as this could take the rest of the recording time that we have to get through so in counting up um not necessarily all on deadline day but i had since last week's recording i believe i had note of eight in and six out i've got seven right there so one of the seven that you might have might just be like a, a I don't know if that's a guy who's not played the first team potentially. Or, or yeah, or been a while anyway. Yeah. It, or, or it might have gone through. I don't know. We'll, we'll check. Okay. Well, if, if you've got your if you've got your list to go through, then uh, I'll I'll defer to you, sir. Since it's your team. I've got um, Loic Mbeso on loan, Jonathan Panzo on loan, He Joe Huang. On loan, that was quite a late one. That was like the other day, like yesterday, wasn't it? That was confirmed. Omar was that was that one as like a sort of a. I mean, it might nice sweetener for the. the uh, I think so. I think yeah. so. I think so. I don't know whether it was like maybe they needed international clearance or something like that to confirm it. Possibly. Uh, Omar Richards going to Olympiacos. Um, I don't know whether that was last week or this week. I think, uh, I think we might have covered that in a previous week's pod. Right, so I was, it was one of them ones where I couldn't quite remember where it was. Lewis O'Brien going on loan to Middlesbrough. Um, Roman, Roman, Remy Freuler uh, leaving in a swap deal to Bologna, um, I think. And then the one that kind of... But you know, a bit of a kind of bit of a lump to the throat kind of thing. Brennan Johnson leaving for a reported seven and a half million plus a ten percent sell-on fee. So that one's quite a tidy little amount, considering he came through the thing. But uh, yeah, the uh, the little video that they did of him for, from Forest for him leaving was quite a little kind of kind of little bit of kind of you know got the emotions going kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and being, if you've been a Forest fan for a certain amount of time, you remember his dad playing for Forest and being good. You know, kind of quite a nice little comeback story, really. Based on the um, this year's sort of fashion trends of the videos to announce people having the chair, 
Surely they should have had like an ejector seat. <laughs> or just someone pulling it out from underneath it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, they, or they should have literally tipped him out of the seat. <laughs> we need this for someone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of it. We've got, we've got like, we've got eight guys to announce here, Bobhead. Come on. <laughs> we've got a what? What's it? We've got a Chesterton sofa here, kind of thing. <laughs> so those are the outgoings. Obviously, one of those we'll discuss in a little bit more detail when it comes to the Middlesbrough side of things. The ins. Yep. So starting on Thursday, Murillo. For thirteen point seven million, from I can't remember which club that came from. I had Corinthians with them. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Nuno Tavares on loan from Arsenal with an option to buy. My resounding memory of him is him being whipped off before half time in the FA Cup a couple of years ago when Forest beat Arsenal in the third, third or fourth round. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, the as aforementioned Nicolas Dominguez, Argentinian international, um, in a swap deal for uh, Freule, is apparently like a bit of a badass defensive midfielder, snapping in kind of guy. So I think that one's meant to be kind of one of a one of those kind of and twenty six, I think, so quite young. Callum Hudson Odoi. For three million with two million in add-ons, which, considering Bayern offered seventy million for him, not so more yeah. than three, three years ago, is a very unusual one. That, that's that's the one that's caused me the most sort of like head scratching. How would you go from the champions of, of Germany really, really wanting you to you not even being worth five million quid? I just think he's got lost, isn't he, in that kind of, you know, people take the pit. It made me laugh because I don't know who, it, I can't, it's, it's, is it the Geordie guy? I can't think if it's Geordie or a Mackham on Sky Sports. And he made some kind of smart-ass comment about Forrest signing 48 players. And I was like, okay, we'll go back, I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. But also, but we celebrate every signing Chelsea makes. And I think that's the problem with Callum Hudson and He just couldn't get into the team, and then he got sent out on loan to one place, and then sent out on loan to another place. And your value at that point, you don't, you know, you're not, you no real value to the club that you're playing for, but you're also no value to the club that you've been loaned to either, because you're probably going back. So then they go, well, I won't play you then because we've got somebody else who can play in your role. And I think you just dropped and dropped and dropped. If if it works like. Morgan Gibbs White worked in that kind of thing of they know Steve Cooper from when he was the under 17s manager, he knows how to motivate him, then that could be a bargain. And, you know, I think Forrester in that Brighton, and we're nowhere near Brighton yet, but they're in that Brighton phase of buying someone that we can then sell for a whacking great profit and then we pull the next person in. Um, yeah, and I that, think that was that was going to be my main point: the fact that he's clearly been brought in because he's got that link with Cooper from the England under seventeens or whatever it was that he was in charge of. So he's clearly going to someone who knows like what to do to get the best out of him. And I think that was that was another thing I was going to say. He's he very much strikes me being in the 
Gibbs White mould of like he'll sort of play in that sort of area like as part of the front three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And stuff like that. So it's just an extra option. And then, oh, I mean, this one's going to be, I'm going to butcher this one, Odysseus Val- Valachodinos? I, I don't know. Do you know what? I think that's that's probably as, as good as any of us are going to do with that one. I'll be amazed if he's not Greek. He is a Greek goalkeeper signed from Benfica for 7.7 million. And there was there was Andy's smile when you said goalkeeper, so he doesn't have to pick him for the predictions. <laughs> <laughs> when he pings one in one time um, I'm going to leave and then well kind of this one came through a little bit later it was a bit of a kind of strange one obviously was it Dvorak Origi on loan from AC Milan with a view to buy with an option to buy I think that is basically back up for Tewo going to the Africa Cup of Nations that one yeah. um, Andrew Omer oh man Omer Badabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabadabad
which yeah, is kind of like the it's kind of like the jewel in the crown, really. Um, yeah. I've not seen him play. I've heard lots of good things about him. Looking forward to him. They reckon that he'll be virtually he'll just walk straight into the team following the international break. But yeah, that's it. So, so is he more is he more of a central midfielder or is he more of an attacking midfielder? That I think he's like a defensive central midfielder, but can start and attack kind of thing. So like. I don't want to say like a Roy Keane type, but possibly like a Roy Keane kind of thing. In the way that the, the players that we've got in the club at the moment are defensive and then pass the ball off, I think he's defensive and then carry the ball forward kind of thing. Yeah, so maybe a bit more like a, obviously like like you say, not a sort of a similar level, maybe like a Rodri of Man City sort of type yes. player. Yeah, that kind of instigating an attack as opposed to stopping an attack and then laying the ball off. Very, very nice. So that's Northern Forest business done and dusted. I'll leave Boroughs till the end as theirs is the least of the three teams. Uh, so we'll go over to you, Stu. Um, I have it as a straightforward four in, four out, if you've got the same. Yeah, that's what I've got too. Um, so, yeah, uh, sad news in the outs section for one particular member of the podcast. As he's, all, Ryan, he's already shaking his head. Ryan Longman has gone on a season-long loan to Millwall, so he'll be linking up with uh, George Honeyman on the bench. Um, and the worst thing is, when it's Millwall versus Hull, he can't even pick him to score. Nope. <laughs> well, he could pick Honeyman, maybe, but that might be a shot. Yeah, he could pick Honeyman, but not Longman. Yeah. Um, so, following on a season-long loan, although not to Millwall, uh, Brandon Fleming has gone out. He's gone to Shrewsbury. Um, was he a, was he a young kid? Because it wasn't a name that I recognised. Did he play? Did he play in the season they won the League One? Yes, he was very. He was he was part of the League One uh, troop. But yeah, he didn't really feature much from that point onwards. But was there, yeah. kind of in the background, like on the, mainly sort of on the bench. But again, because he's a defender, not necessarily always your first uh, port of call off the sub bench either. Um, we had Javier or Xavier, depending on how you pronounce it, uh, Simons. He's gone on a season-long one to Fleetwood. Um, he bit of an interesting one, I guess, in the sense of he's definitely one that they signed for the future because they only signed him earlier this year, um, and he's now he's, he's away out on loan. So I, I don't think that'll be with a view to a permanent or anything like that particularly. I, I would expect to see him back. Uh, and then in a, in a double blow for Mr. Cook, the final one, out the door was Oscar Estepinian. Now this is another loan. He's gone to FC Mets, and the the weird thing about this, or maybe more interesting part about this, is you'll remember the name, as everybody will remember the name of Benjamin Tete. Well, he has followed the Tete because whilst Mister Benjamin went on a permanent, Oscar has gone. On a lot of like loan, but they've gone to the same team. So the uh, former Hull City front line potentially lighting up the French first division uh, in the uh, in the weeks to come. But yeah, that was the four out of the door. And then moving on to the ins. So we had Brandon Fleming had gone out as the left back away he went, instantly replaced with another left back through the door. So with James Furlong from Brighton, I've got. His undisclosed fee, a three-year deal, 
He's only 21 years old, so again, they've, they've gone with a youth. Uh, next through the door was winger Jaden Philogene from Villa. Um, I, there are probably four different ways you could pronounce that, but um, that's what I'm going with. Um, another undisclosed fee, although Paul, you said you'd seen something reported. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen something on Transfer Marks that said it was 5.8 million euros, but Transfer Marks stuff seems to be a bit hit and miss at times because all the figures that I had for all the Forest players were all miles out compared to what Matt was giving. So I would I would take their um, valuations as um, very much let's throw some numbers in the air and see what sticks to the page. Officially, it was undisclosed, but again, another three-year deal and another 21-year-old. Uh, we have a couple of season-long loans coming in. So we've got... Um, now, this is, this is the one for me. So, Bora Adinlik. Bora Adinlik. Um, on a season-long loan from Fenerbahce. And he's only 18 years old. And finally, Tyler Morton, a midfielder from Liverpool. Again, on a season-long loan. He's only 20 years old. So... I don't know whether it was the mission statement to reduce the overall age of the team, but they've certainly done that. Um, I think because all four of them combined age is probably less than just Oscar on his own, by the way, that he runs some weeks. <laughs> oh, poor old Oscar. I know. He's, the, the, the thing for Oscar is that there is a time that comes where you need that big brick shithouse that's six, in your six-yard box and just poaches a goal. But like that was needed at the time when Rossini took over the team, I think, because the first instance was to shore up everything at the back and just fight for what you can get at the front, and that kind of fit nicely. Whereas now, we're into this system of play 600 passes through your goalkeeper um, and build from the back, and, yeah, that's not that that's not suiting him at all. So, yeah, it was... It was unfortunately, it was probably an obvious one, um, it was my first instance of having to explain to one of my children why their favourite player had left, which was quite a sad times. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. They left it very late. There was the obligatory, the lights are still on, picture of the training ground at about 10 o'clock on deadline day. Um, and then, but seemingly the Philogene one particularly, the they definitely had that all sewn up in the days before and we're just waiting for stuff to go through because in in the darkest part of night they somehow still managed to release his uh, welcome to the club video which was definitely shot during the daylight <laughs> possibly from three or four days before and funny enough he was wearing a full training kit so um, he was definitely in the dark before, before it was official yeah um, but a similar situation Borough had a similar situation for that, which, which I'll, I'll come to when we get to theirs. Um, so, yeah, like a nice nice bit of uh, symmetry there with the four out and the four in. So, can't really argue with that. So, we'll just finish it off with the Borough news then. So, just the one outgoing, but it is, I'd say, quite a significant one. That, um, one of the main signings of, of, of the, or the, the last main signings of the, of the Colin, the Neil Warnock era, was... Um, Martin Piero joined the club from um, Banfield, uh, I believe, in Argentina. And he came in with a bit of pedigree to him. Um, 
was, was looked at as a, the latest of the long line of the next Maradona and stuff like that and, and, and whatnot. He, uh, he started a few games, scored a goal against Cardiff, and then just as he was getting sort of to grips with the like, with, with the English game, he looked like he was getting up to speed. He got a nasty injury that put him out um, for a couple of months, and then when he came back, he never really seemed to get back to speed with the English game. He spent, uh, spent time on loan last season with Boca Juniors. Came back, played a couple of games earlier in the season, won in the Cup against Huddersfield. Um and he's since been sold to Udinese. Um, so we never really saw the full potential of Martin Piero, sadly, but he's now left on a permanent basis. Uh, there were three incomings, however. As we've discussed before, Lewis O'Brien, central midfielder, signed on a season-long run for Northern Forest. Um, probably plays in a similar sort of vein to a Johnny Housen type, but obviously 10 or 12 years younger, so you'd imagine his legs are a bit more under him. Um, I would good. good. Sorry, he's a good player. It's a shame he didn't get a chance at Forest. I just think, unfortunately, we moved very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd seen that. I'd seen that there was a couple of posts from like Forest perspective saying that there was fans of theirs that said they couldn't believe that he wasn't in the in the squad as an option for the centre for the central midfield burst. But obviously, they just felt that they had strength in other areas. Um, so he'll strengthen the the centre of the midfield which is looking a bit lost at the minute um, they also signed an attacking midfielder Sam Greenwood on a season long loan from Leeds um, uh, he can play anywhere across the front three um, so you'd imagine he'll probably fill the role um, potentially taken by the loss of Tuber Akpom might just fit in behind the striker or play off one of the wings and the last player they brought in was a left back or left Wing option of Alex Bangora, who signed on an undisclosed fee from SC Campbell in Holland. Don't know an awful lot about him, um, but it just gives an extra option on that left hand side. Um, going into the season, they literally had one player who could play that left back role in Hayden Coulson. They've since strengthened that in two, with two players who can now play in the position, so they've got three options. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he starts the first game back after the international break as the guy they had brought in as the starting left-back. Sounds like he's struggled in his first three or four games. Um, so it might be a case of give him a rest, give the new lad a run out, see how he gets on, and we'll go again from uh, from scratch when we get that sorted. So that's all the transfer business done and dusted. Um Thankfully, there won't be any need to, to update any transfers now until January. So, um, we'll have to scrabble around trying to bring you long lists of, of players that have moved. Um, yeah, so that's that section of the podcast done. We're going to go into last week's games and then give you the predictions for the two England games that are coming up this week. Um, before we do that, we're actually going to take a small break just to recompose ourselves. I might even blow my nose at some point, so I don't sound like I've got some sort of beach ball in my head. Uh, And we'll be right back with you, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. See, small, small, short, as opposed to small. Short and nondescript, and we're right back at it. 
don't need to worry about it, do you? So, week five's predictions. The last game's going into the international break. It's starting with Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. Um, this one didn't exactly go to plan. Did it, Matthew? It did, did not. Complete surprise. Um, I think we've seen the highlights and reading the reports. Forest more than held their own. I think there's a lot of kind of... I think the big... you know, Obviously, we can't beat them with the... Haven't scored away for however long uh, stick. You can't beat them with the... Haven't won away from home stick. So now we're going to carry on with the... Oh, look at the possession stick kind of thing. And uh, as Gary Birtle said the other day, it's all well and good having the ball... 60 to 70 percent of the time, but if you do nothing with it, then it's pointless having it. Um, and that was pretty much sum up Chelsea, really. I think from from what I saw, Forrest had some really good chances. You know, obviously, Tywo was an aerial, aerial threat, people got around him. Chelsea had plenty of chances as well. Is it Nicholas Jackson with Ronnie Rosenthal esque miss? Um, it was easier to put it in than uh, than than not, but somehow managed to shin it over the bar, which was quite an effort. I mean, to shin it is always good, but to shin it over the bar is an epic kind of uh, performance. But yeah, uh, getting his first goal for the club, um, Anthony Alanga. Uh, it was a really nice finish. I think he'd just come on as a sub for Danilo, who's got, we're not quite sure, but... Uh, an injury where nobody was near him and he just pulled up. So that one's always a bit of a concern. But yeah, ball played out from a Chelsea corner. Taiwo slipped it through, I think, Thiago Silva's legs. Nice little Megs. And Alanga, Alanga took it and slotted it past the keeper. Uh, yeah, Forrest 1-0 away win, which, yeah, big surprise. I, I think the thing with Chelsea is obviously when we talked about the kind of thing that People mock Forrest for signing loads of players. We did only sign 14 this summer. Um, Chelsea have signed a whole new squad worth of players. You know, when, you, when you're the club that gets your only pay, you, you know, you got, you're flicking through your pages on Instagram and they get one photo section to themselves because they've signed so many players and yet there's no harmony. They haven't bought a player that could score goals for them, yet they've spent a billion pounds this, this is this is what I just don't understand. They've spent a billion pounds, and they don't really have like an out and out twenty goal a season striker that's good and that's guaranteed to get them goals. They haven't bought a world class a world class striker, and it's. If I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be really concerned. Well, I think really concerned is putting it mildly on the basis of the window closes. Your team is ridiculed for spending so much money. Now is the time to put a stamp down and finish a team three or four nil, especially no offence to Matt. That scoreline wouldn't have been out of the way. No, no. And then, then you go and celebrate it by losing one nil, one nil at home. Okay, well done, lads. It's Maybe just, Graham it's, Potter wasn't the problem after all. Oh no, it's a completely. It seems like a completely rudderless ship. It seems to be yeah. just bad, more more money after bad kind of thing, and just think. I don't know who's I don't know who's their player recruitment, but like someone said, it seems to be they hear who somebody else wants to buy and they go and buy them. 
as opposed to thinking, right, well, we've got 20 midfielders already. We don't need another one. We need to go and buy a striker or we need to buy a defender. You know, but yeah, screw those guys. We won 1-0. <laughs> on the plus side, you got three points and a deal on Hudson and Dyke, so, you know. Yeah, because uh... now they're selling off their, their academy players on the cheap because they've got to stick within financial fair play. Yeah, it's uh, certainly worrying times if you were a Chelsea fan. Um, from a podcast perspective, Andy was the closest here. He'd gone for a 1-1 draw, Sterling and a 1-1 to score the goals. Uh, so sadly, doesn't get any points. Um, me and Stu had both gone for 2-0 wins for Chelsea, whereas Matt had gone for a 2-1 win for Chelsea. Um, and I'd also picked a 1-1 with the Forest goal. So... Zero points scored from all of us. Our second game of the week took us to Leicester, where Leicester City were taking on Hull City. And um, not to uh, not to deja vu this, but this one didn't go according to plan, did it, Stuart? No, it did not. This this is one of those games where the final result can only be described as bonus points. Leicester were unbeaten going in, 100% record for the season, and Hull decided to turn up there and claim their third win of the season with a goal in the 15th minute from Liam Delap. And that was the only goal of the game. Um, as when you kind of, when you're not at the away game and then like you, you see the notification come through with a goal and then you check the time and you're like, oh my God, there's still 75 minutes of this game to play. Let's pretty much rinse and repeat from day one of the season against Norwich. The lap scored early, and was like, "Oh no, this this is this is too early. We're not gonna we're not gonna hang on to that for seventy five minutes." Well, whatever lesson that they got taught at Norwich seems to have been applied here because yeah, they absolutely did. The uh, lap cut in from the right, tried to bend it in the far corner, and a slight defe- a deflection took it further away from the goalkeeper, but. It was on target, still his goal. Um, the statistics of the game kind of say it all. I'm not saying that, that Hull had to grind it out, but um, in the game there were 10 yellow cards and six of them were for Hull. So that kind of tells you maybe that <laughs> they, they turned to the dark arts somewhat by the end of that one. Uh, but the possession, as, as, as Matt mentioned in, in the other game, Norwich 64% to Hull's 36 but yet... Leicester, sorry, yeah, Leicester's uh, 64%, but they only had one shot on target. Hull managed four with their 36% uh, possession. So, all in all, like I said, bonus points. Uh, way too early to be looking at the league table for, for any kind of sense of purpose, but it's looking a damn sight better now than it did this time last year. So, we'll, uh, we'll take that for now. But yeah, very, very surprised and very happy result from the weekend. Absolutely. Um, from a podcast perspective, um, myself and Stuart both come for 2-0 Leicester wins. So we don't get ourselves any points there. Uh, Matt had gone for a 3-1 Leicester win and had picked a 2 fan to score for Hull. So no points for Matt. Mr Cook had gone for a 1-0 Hull win. 
gets himself two points. Sadly, doesn't get any points for the goal scorer, as his goal scorer had left before the game and he played uh, with Esther Pignan, too busy playing in France to be worrying himself about a game in the East Midlands. Uh, so, sadly, just two points for Mr. Cook for the correct score. So, oh, just the two. Just the two. Oh, just the two. For those keeping score, after two after two games, um, Andy has two points. The rest of us have um, jack shit. We move to game three. And speaking of teams that got jack shit, it takes us to make my team, Middlesbrough, taking on Queen's Park Rangers. Oh, dear God. Um, this one was uh, just possibly even described by myself. I may have even done this on the podcast as um, not in the realms of must win, but cannot lose or cannot afford to lose or shouldn't really lose. I mean, should have really seen what was what was going to happen off the back of that. And of course, they lose 2-0. The first goal... Um, one of those goals where it's, if it's scored against you, or if you if you score that goal, you're immediately off your chair. You've got your hands in the air. It's it's one of the best strikes you've ever seen. I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. If I see a really good goal scored against my team, I tend to applaud it. Yeah, you kind of like. Um, this, the this kind one, of go. Ah, what can I do about that? Yeah, what, you're not. You're not. Like, there's literally nothing that you can do to stop that. This was one of those goals because it was the ball was just being sort of passed around in the in the, in the centre of the pitch. Um, got worked back to Andre Dazel, who took a touch to get it out of his feet and then just absolutely thunderballed it into the top left corner. It was that clean a strike that the keeper literally didn't dive for it; he just had to watch it go into the corner. And you know when the keeper's planted, it's a great strike. Because the keeper's either thinking, that's going over, or there's no point down for this, because I'm never getting there. And it literally was right in the top of the corner, like postage stamp area. And it was one of those ones where you just have, you just have to take a, take, take a seat back and just go, I'm sorry, that's that's just a fantastic strike. Um, so it's from, the, from the looks of the highlights, Borough didn't really do much. Uh, they had a couple of opportunities where uh, Latte Laugh probably could have done better. With a couple of chances he had in front of goal, there was one where it broke to him in the six-yard box, and he just managed to he just he drew a save from um, Azmir Begovic, wasn't able to beat him. Um, and then geez, in the um, in the 66th minute or so, or so, QPR put the game to bed when uh, Jack Colback of all people uh, popped him in the box after the ball was pinballing uh, pinballing around to smash home the second. Um, I'm pretty sure he even got the assist for the opener so he's had the most creative game of his entire career it would seem at this point um, yeah it's a result that leaves Borough bottom of the table one point from five games played um, just really really bad um, lacking creativity Lacking any sort of spark, lacking goals, which we've discussed before, obviously. Aquam, 28 goals in the league. Archer, 11 goals in the league. Force, who didn't start the game, 11 goals in the league. 
Ramsey scored five or six in his loan spell. You take all those out of the team altogether, and you, you, you're basically talking the best part of 50 goals that's gone from the starting level. So no wonder that he's taking him, he's taking him a bit of time to re-gel. Um, but I suppose the only good thing is that we've got this break now where Carrick can get him for two weeks, drill them on the training pitch for two weeks solid into like what they need to do, whether it's a case of they change the formation, change the shape, change something. If I was, I'd, I'd be disappointed if, if come the next game against Blackburn, if they just set up with the exact same 11, with the exact same positions, because it just screams the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. If it was me, you would think he'd go, like, you know, just have a change. Go to three at the back. Just do something. Put the extra centre-half in. We're obviously, we've conceded first in every single game we've played this season. So, there's clearly huge, huge issues with the defence. Now, whether that's the two that are sitting in front of the back four, maybe that needs to change. Or if it's literally the back four as a whole, whether you need to drop an extra central defender in there to play three at the back and have wing backs, something. Just, just do anything. Do anything different. Just don't keep playing the same formation and expecting things to change. I, I would say with the way that sort of football works these days, that he will already be on the radar for the questioning, as we, as we've talked about offline, but. Looking at your next three fixtures, particularly against an, an away day at Blackburn, isn't an easy feat. It's not. Nope. An away day at Hillsborough. <laughs> again, not not incredible. Um, but then Southampton at home. If I, I can't, if if they carry on like that, I can't see him making it to Southampton. The Southampton game. I think the next two games are crucial for him. I think I think he's got enough. I think he's got enough goodwill in the bank from how he did the last season to prove that he's clearly he's, he's clearly a good manager and he clearly knows how to motivate the players because of that run that went on last season. But obviously, <coughs> all managers have their life have their sort of their lifespan and stuff like that. Obviously, Gibson's proved in the past that he's not unwilling to pull the trigger when he feels the time is right. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get a result within the next couple of games if the change is made. But I would like to think that they don't do anything drastic. I think the international break almost makes it worse for him because, like you said, he's got that added time. He's got time to implement new things to try different ways of getting the job done. And if it still comes out on the negative end of the results, that kind of, it's like you were saying about, the, the, if there's no plan B, what's the point, really, in yeah. that regard? Not good. Not good. And also what was not good was our predicting on this particular game. As we'd all picked, Middlesbrough wins. The only one of us that had picked Queen's Park Rangers to even score was Matt, and he'd picked Albert Adoma. So no points there. So for those keeping score, that's three games played. No points for myself, Matt and Stu. Andy currently leading with two points. And our final game of the week is, of course, Mr Cook's boys at Sinsel Bank. 
But they weren't playing at Citibank. They were playing at Andy's other team, Bristol. Bristol Rovers. Um, and they managed to get a 1-1 draw. I've actually seen the highlights of this game. And uh, the highlights were so good that in the first half, they showed one passage of play. Bristol Rovers literally attacking and firing a shot across the goalkeeper that went straight out for a goal kick. That was the entire highlights of the first half. Um, in the second half, Lincoln took the lead. It was a long throw from the left-hand side that got um, cleared out and then a, a cross came in to the back stick where I think the, the keeper dived for it along with um, the attacker from Lincoln and the defender from Bristol Rovers, which kind of took the keeper out of the game. Um, but the ball spun back and was basically just on the line for Adam Jackson to tap in the opener. Um, that's the way it stayed until the 94th minute, where Bristol Rovers um, uh, popped up with a, a corner from the right uh, from the right hand side, swung in where Grant got his head on it to force the equaliser to salvage a late 1-1 draw. Josh Grant, that was, from a Bristol Rovers perspective, scoring the equaliser. Um, from a podcast perspective, we all had picked Lincoln City wins. So, myself and Mr Cook were mere seconds away from a two-point jobby, as we had 1-0. Uh, I had House to score, and we had Hackett Fairchild to score. So, sadly, no points for either of us. Stewart got 2-0, with Hackett Fairchild and House to score. So no points there. Um, Matt had gone for a 2-1 Lincoln City win with McCormick to start for Bristol Rovers, Mandriou and Bishop to start for Lincoln. So no points. So for those of you keeping score, that's four games. No points for myself, Matt and Stu. So taking the win with his two points from his correct score in the Leicester Hull City game. It is Mr Andrew Cook. Well done to you, sir. Thank you. So... As we've discussed, it's International Week, which means no club football. We don't even have the uh, the joy of a Lincoln City game to fall back on from a predictions perspective, as they have postponed their fixture, I believe, with Exeter. Um, there must be some international call-ups, or they've just taken the option to just not play the game. Who knows? Some sort of shady thing's going on. I, I do apologise, it was Lincoln City versus Oxford that was scheduled for this weekend. But it's been, it has been postponed. So, that just leaves us with two England games to predict. So, the first of which is Ukraine versus England. Obviously, it being the, the national team, it's no one's team as such, or it's everyone's team, whichever way you want to look at it. So, there will be no going first or going last. It'll just be the order that I just read the names out. So, I would like to know what Andy has selected for the Ukraine-England match, please. 2-0 to England. 0-2. Goal scorers? Uh, Kane and Rashford. Just to double check, Rashford's still in the squad, yeah? He hasn't pulled out from any, a mystery illness or injury or anything. He hasn't got any kids I, I, that he I took it from the website, so I have to work on the principal. Fair enough. I've just seen that Grealish and, is it Ar- Trent Alexander-Arnold are out? That's the only thing. Ah. That's fine. It doesn't really affect my, my prediction. I, 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 too, have gone with a 2-0 
England win, and I've gone for Kane to get both. Stu, what have you got? Well, it's a hat-trick if 2-0 England wins. Yes. And it's a qualifier, so we know Kane's going to score. And to make it an exact rinse and repeat of the last time these two sides faced each other, I've got Saka to get the other. Very Ballon d'Or nominated Bukayo Saka. Too right. Matt, is it a quartet? I have no idea. Quartet, that's the word. Uh, no, I've gone for it. I've gone for one three to England. Goal scorer for Ukraine, Yarmolenko. And your three England goal scorers: Kane, Saka, and Rice. Kane, Saka, Rice. Uh, Saka. Um. That's the first game in the books. The second game is not a qualifier. It is just a friendly. And it could possibly be the least friendly game of football on the planet. As Scotland take on England. Um, Just a friendly. Nothing on the line from a points or ranking perspective. Other than pride, I suppose. Um, I'll jump in straight away here. I've gone for a 2-2 draw here. I've gone for Nisbet and Adams to score for Scotland. Stacker and Bellingham to score for England. Matt, what have you got for this one? I've also gone for a draw. I've gone for one all. And the goal scorers? McGinn. Ah, big old Tushy McGinn. And Stapare extraordinaire Harry Kane. Andy? 2-0 or a 0-2 should I say uh, England win Saka and Wilson oh, You think old Callum will get the nod do you? Yeah, got some sure. player who doesn't start for his team Go on then Stu give us the last give us the last prediction of the week um, I have got Scotland 1 England 2 so, for Scotland, I have McTominay. And, as you said, it's not a qualifier, so I feel like he'll play some of the subs and the people that maybe are on the sort of further reaches of the squad. Maybe some of the new new guys. So, I've gone for Rashford, and um, I, I believe he's been called up. Was it in, in, uh, Eddie Nketiah been called I up? Did, I did wonder... If anyone was going to be tempted to go for Eddie uh, in his first call-up, and uh, so it has uh, transpired that someone has. It, well, it was bet- it was between him and Eze, but I think that Enketi is more likely to get at least some game time. I think Eze is probably just going to be a bit of a bench warmer, to be honest. Which is a shame because I do like. I don't, it. I don't know, to be honest with you, because the fact that Alexander Arnold's dropped out means yeah, that. In theory, there is a there is a, a place in that in that midfield going going begging because normally you'd imagine that it would be Alexander Arnold, Rice, and Bellingham as the three. So you've got you've only got two of that three there. 
So, ah, but there's big, there's there's big Rainbow Laces himself to come in. Ah, uh, yes, yes, the uh, the man. Hey, Bob Chalfman's had a game in a while as well, so he get him. Yeah, in he's, always, he's never let England down, has he? No. It's going to be massively impressive when uh, started started both England games is uh, the the combined Premier League minutes of about six from when Maguire came on against um, against Arsenal through injuries, no less, not because of a tactical change, um, and it's him and Phillips. Uh, Henderson and Kane all started. Phillips won't understand what's going on though, because normally he sits down for ninety minutes, well, and then get then gets given a trophy. Well, what can we say? What can we say? And there was there was talk of him being a, a last minute transfer target for Liverpool, um, but obviously nothing ever materialised out of that. Ah, no, that kid annoys that kid annoys the life out of me. If he if he wanted to actually excel at football, he'd be going somewhere to play football. He's too happy to sit and do nothing. Yeah. Sadly that is definitely the case. But you never know. He might he might decide in a year or two's time that he actually wants to play again and uh, push for a move. They are getting that's uh, that's that's the other week done and dusted. Uh, all sorted out for you. Thank you once again to these three wonderful gents for joining me to uh, take you through the ups and downs, ins and outs and happenings and whatnots of our football teams. Join us again next week where we'll go through the England games, predict up some whole Middlesbrough, Forest and Lincoln games for you and we'll just have a jolly nice time. But until then, you stay classy, stay safe and we'll see you next week. So there we go, it's into that. England games. That's what we were talking about all the way at the start. There are England games. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being here. If you enjoyed the podcast, give it a like. If you enjoyed it a lot, share it around. If you enjoy the podcast as a whole, subscribe. Leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There you can get in touch with us through a variety of different ways. Social media links, email button, etc. Big thank you for watching. Big thank you for listening. Uh, Until next time, when we get back to regular football, regional football, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.